Welcome back to Big Lezzers League. Welcome to the fourth episode now of the season review previews for 2023. We're going to go through the Raiders, the Roosters, um, and the uh, Sharkies going into this one. So very exciting episode coming for you guys. Uh, we'll start with the Raiders. What a year for the Canberra Raiders. Getting into the top eight very late um, you know, in the regular season as well. Them and the Roosters got in uh, very late and only just as well, I might add. Um, very lucky to get in there. They had a really solid up and down season, the Raiders as well. Uh, and looking decent going into next year. Uh, they've answered some questions, but not all of them. Uh, let's have a look at some of the signings going into next year. So Simi Sasagi from Newcastle, he's a half and fullback, I believe. I'll have to double-check on that one, but they've signed him, Canberra. He covers a ton of positions. Uh, He plays mainly at six. He can cover the outside backs. He can cover fullback. Um, He could cover back row if you bulk him up a little bit as well. So, I mean, at 22 years of age, not the worst signing ever. I mean, really solid for their depth in terms of the halves uh, and answers a few questions we had about the Raiders going into uh, next season as well. Uh, KO Weeks from Manly has also signed there. Again, can cover a ton of positions for you. Dummy half, fullback, 5'8", halfback. Um, you know, can come on in a roaming capacity as well. He sort of bulked up a lot this season and throughout this season, he got much, much bigger. Um, he is projected to be the next 5'8 for the uh, Canberra Raiders in place of Jack Whiten, who's obviously going to the Rabbitohs to play centre. Uh, Matt Frawley also leaves the Raiders as well to go to the Leeds Rhinos. And again, after this one, we sort of had a, a bit of a panic uh, about who was going to come in and play 5'8 for the Raiders because there was really no answers. There was a lot of rumours that Seb Cruz was going to come in and play 5'8. Uh, lucky for the Canberra Raiders. Um, you know, they signed two 5.8s here, so they've got plenty of options going into next year. I don't think it was the right time to let go of Matt Frawley either. I mean, going with what, you know, works as well, particularly for a side that has made finals over the past few years as well. Um, it's the first time they made the finals since 2020. You want to sort of keep that final streak going for the Canberra Raiders. Letting go of both Jack Whiten and Matt Frawley. Jack Whiten, you couldn't really do much about that. He wanted to go to South Sydney. He ended up signing there. Uh, Matt Frawley as well to the Leeds Rhinos. I think you should have kept Matt Frawley. I think you should have re-signed Matt Frawley. Unless they were very confident that KO Weeks was coming to the club. And obviously, they already had Simi Sasagi. Uh, It was a big call to let go of Matt Frawley and Jack Whiten. And I think... We'll have to just wait until next year to see how that works out. Uh, Jared Croker also is leaving. He's retiring uh, finally this season. He's played a ton of games, ton of points. I think he's got the points record or at least his second or third in the points record uh, for the NRL. So great way to retire. I mean, he was very unlucky with injury at the back end of his career. Got a few games in this season. Uh, very unlucky to retire. But wishing more the best in retirement as well, uh, Jared Croker. I think he's going into a player development role now at the Canberra Raiders as well. So I think that'll be great for, you know, all the outside backs at the moment coming through, like Seb Chris, Xavier Savage, um, you know, some of the outside backs coming through. It'll be really, really good for Jared Croker being there in the player development sort of area. I believe that's where he's uh, going. It's either that or a consulting role, a similar sort of deal. He'll be doing the same sort of thing. Uh, but he has a role with the Raiders moving forward uh, after retirement as well, which is always nice to see. Uh, If we go through the Raiders' season, I mean, going through some of the positives this year, 
It was a great season compared to the past two years. They're getting into finals for the first time since 2020. Uh, and it was a great turnaround for the Raiders, I think, this year as well compared to the footy that they were playing uh, last year. I mean, they played some really good football. They had a lot of adversities, a lot of injuries, uh, which sort of forced them to move the side around a little bit. Uh, some positives, I guess, uh, Matt Timoko, I thought was outstanding this year. Uh, I think that he'd be their rookie of the year for sure. If it's anyone else, I'd be really shocked. I think that he was outstanding this year. Uh, he's pretty much cemented a spot in the centres now. It'll be him and Seb Chris moving forward uh, in the centres for me. Seb Chris showing a bit of versatility as well too, which is always good for the Canberra Raiders. He can play fullback. He can also play at centre. So I think it's great to see him showing a bit of versatility in this side. Uh, and I think Rapana, uh, I think he's proved to Raiders fans that he is going to be the fullback moving forward. If he goes back to the wing, personally, I won't like it. I'd rather him stay at fullback. I think that he is a fullback. I don't think he's a winger anymore in this team. I think he is the fullback moving forward. Uh, a very experienced fullback and a workhorse at that as well. We've seen some great games from him, particularly at the back end of the year. Uh, in that fullback role. So I'd love to see him stay at fullback. I think it'd be great for the Raiders. Um, look, as I said, it was a very up and down year, uh, similar to the Roosters, but not as similar. I mean, they were playing some pretty consistent footy throughout the season, playing some really good football. They dropped off a little bit just before finals and then had to pick it straight back up to get back into the top eight. Uh, ended up coming eighth as well. Uh, so very good stuff there from the Canberra Raiders. Um, yeah, a very up and down year. Xavier Savage, I'm quite confused about if we're going through the negatives of this year. He was the plan at fullback. It's a very similar situation to Dane Laurie at the West Tigers. I mean, he was the plan at fullback. Obviously got injured. Uh, they put Seb Chris there. And then when, Matt, when Xavier Savage is ready to come back into this team, he doesn't. And everyone's confused. Where is Xavier Savage? Did he f further injure himself in reserve grade? What's going on? Uh, but he just never came back. And it was always Seb Chris at fullback. We were sort of waiting for Xavier Savage to come back into this side. Came back for two games on the wing. And then we just never saw him again in first grade. It was very confusing. Is he not the plan anymore? Are we going to see him back at fullback next year? Were they waiting for next year to bring him back? Very strange um, for the Canberra Raiders. Is he going to remain in first grade? Should he take up an opportunity with another club that potentially might have to use him at fullback uh, at some stages this year. I don't think he's a depth player. I think he proved uh, last year that he wasn't a depth player. Um, going into this year, very confusing his role or, you know, the plan for him in this side. It's changed drastically since last year. You know, last year he was the first choice fullback coming in as a rookie. Um, now, you know, he's been in and out of first grade, uh, mostly out of first grade in reserve grade as well. It never came back after that injury, which was very confusing. Um, it is still unclear as to who the six is going into next year. Is it KO Weeks? Is it Simi Sasagi? We don't know. They have signed two sixes, so uh, I guess we have to wait and see who the six is. There was a lot of talk that Sebastian Chris was going to be the 5'8". I don't like that at all. I'd much rather KO Weeks there. He's played there more. I've never seen Seb Chris play 5'8". I don't want to see Seb Chris play 5'8". Just quietly, I'd rather him uh, keep to his own, play centre. We've seen the best footy from him at centre. There isn't a need to put him at 5'8". Uh, I think that it's going to be one of KO Weeks or Simi Sasagi now. Oh, I'm going to back KO Weeks to get the 5'8 jersey. I think that he has a lot of potential. Uh, he's a big boy as well. As, he, as we said, he's bulked up heaps um, during this year. I think that he's going to be great next year for the Canberra Raiders in that number six role. Uh, it's still sort of unclear what the plan is 
overall for 2024 as well. Um, we obviously know it's going to be Jamal Fogarty, KO Weeks in the halves. Is it Jordan Rampner at fullback? Is it Seb Chris at fullback? Xavier Savage still in the plan? You know, it's quite unclear as to how this side's going to look. And that's a bit concerning for a side that just came off the back of a year of making the top eight. Very confusing what the plan is for next year. If I'm grading this team for this year, in a very strange season, they went well for most of the year. I've got to give them a C. I think they deserve a C. They went very well this year, better than expected. They made the top eight. They were quite consistent in the top eight for a while this year, particularly in the midpoint of the season. So I am going to give them a C going into this year. I think they've done a great job. As for where they're going to be next year, new halves pairing, pretty much a new spine going into next year as well. I'm going to go ahead and say that they're going to end up uh, at 14th. 14th for me is where I see this Canberra Raiders side ending up. Um, I, I just I, We can change that around as well when we go through the rest of the sides, but 14th I think is where I see this Canberra Raiders team um, ending up. I'm recording this podcast, by the way, before I record uh, the Titans, Dolphins, Seagulls, Cowboys, Rabbitohs and Eels podcast because we have special guests and they were only available at a specific time. I couldn't really wait for them to hop on before I recorded these so I could get these out in time. Um, so we could see a massive turnaround as to the positionings on the ladder for each team. But at the moment, I've got the Raiders at 14th. Could change when we do the final ladder prediction and when we sort out the ladder. But at the moment, I've got them at 14th. Now let's move on to the Roosters. What a year for the Roosters. Definitely a mixed bag, but they've set up really nicely for next year. Spencer Lenu comes in from Penrith. I think he'll come off the bench and be an absolute weapon. Him um, and Lindsay Collins and Jared Maria Hargreaves, you know, all together in this side. It is a mongrel forward pack, an absolute mongrel forward pack, plus Victor Radley and Brandon Smith. I mean, this team is going to be fucking insane going into next year. And adding to that insanity, we've got Dom Young coming in as well on the wing. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Dom Young on the wing for the Roosters uh, with Daniel Tupo there. Suwali back to center with Joseph Manu. Tedesco at fullback. This side is going to be absolutely insane and stacked to the T. Like stars across the park. You thought that last year, or this year I should say, um, that they were stacked across the park. This year, it's just like there's not one uh, non-first grader in this entire 17. Like it is just fucking unbelievable. Not one star that isn't... No, there's not one non-star in this side, I should say. It is incredible. Um, I can't wait to see how this Roosters side travels next year. I think they are going to do much better than last year. I'm going to go ahead and call it right now that they're in the top four. I'm going to have them at fourth. I think they have a massive improvement, and I think it's going to be impossible for them to lose with this side. Um, yeah, fuck, it's insane. Uh, they're also getting Lewis Murphy from Wakefield uh, from the Super League. Uh, I'm going to look him up now because I haven't heard too much from him, but I believe he's an outside back, and I believe that he's very good mates with Dom Young. Uh, he plays on the wing. He'll be playing on the wing for the Sydney Roosters as of next year. Uh, so a really good depth winger as well uh, for Dominic Young if he gets injured or for Daniel Tupo if he's injured as well next season. Sorry about that. 
Uh, as for the guys they're losing, Fletcher Baker goes to Brisbane. They do bring in Spencer Lanyu, so that spot automatically gets filled. Uh, and Jackson Boldo, that spot gets filled as well because Dom Young comes in to play on the wing. Uh, Jackson Boldo goes to Manly. If you didn't hear about that one, he was in this massive signing alongside Luke Brooks and Tommy Talao, uh, all going to the West Tigers next year. Uh, sorry, all going to Manly as of next year. Um, so very keen to see our Manly guys. We'll talk about Manly, obviously, a well, I would have already talked about Manly by now, um, but, you know, looking forward to sort of having a chat about them and um, about how they travel. And I would have already come out by now as well, obviously recording this before I record those podcasts. As I said, special guests on those ones. So I'll wait to record those until a later date. Um, but uh, Jackson Paulo as well. I mean, a great signing for Manly. Big loss for the Roosters somewhat, but, uh, you know, replacing that very well with Dominic Young. Um, let's talk about the positives. I mean, Teddy, he's come, he's had some great games. Sorry, he's come. He's had some great games this season, um, for the Roosters, some really clutch games as well. He's had some really clutch performances where he's pretty much dragged this side out of, uh, losing in big games. Uh, they're building a powerhouse, as we said, for 2024, signing guys like Spencer Lenya, Dominic Young. It just adds to an already high power off the cuff, a uh, very strong outfit. I've loved seeing Sam Walker improve this season. Definitely a shining light coming back from injury uh, and playing a little less off the cuff in the last few games for the Roosters as well. Uh, played much more of a structured game, which suits the outfit for the Roosters. It was a very, um, really solid end and much improvement as well for Sam Walker uh, this season. I'm keen to see him next year uh, in his second full year. Um, as a rooster, this is his first full year in a rooster's jersey as well. I think in his first full year, he's done a pretty decent job. Uh, obviously, out a little while with injury, so you can't really even call it a first full year. It'll be his first full year, hopefully, next season. Um, but, you know, he's played pretty much all together a full year of first grade now, and I've been really impressed with him and his development over the past um, a few months, and I think that he is just in for more improvement going into next year. Uh, Nat Butcher, another, you know, shining light for me as well. I think Matt, Nat Butcher has had a big year for the Roosters, um, really solidifying a spot in the back row and killing it there as well, taking the spot from Angus Crichton, who obviously was out from the start of the year uh, with some personal issues. Uh, and Sua Wong. Sua Wong was outstanding towards the back end of the year, in and out of first grade to start. Um, had a big start to the year with Fiji and was really a shining light in that side, along with Sania Taruba and Brandon Wakeham. Um, but yeah, he um, really pulled through, had a big year, and has earned a spot in the Tongan squad as well. So congratulations to Sua Wong. Um, yeah, big year for him. Very impressed with his work rate and... You know, obviously got dropped to reserve grade towards the back end of the year and then goes on for the next two weeks and has some fucking blinders where he's making 60 tackles and scoring tries, running over 150 metres, and they had to put him... They had no choice but to put him at starting back row. Uh, I think that was the first game that he played. It was the one before the Rabbitohs, the last game of the year. So, um, so yeah, he, he played really well this season. Really impressed with Sua Wong and, and his improvement. Um, he's one of those guys, I think, that should be getting Rookie of the Year for the Roosters if he hasn't got it already. Uh, but talking about Nat Butcher, um, he's one of the best defenders this year. Uh, had a 96% tackle efficiency. Um, really tough through the middle as well. He had some great stats, some unreal stats. 
Uh, he averaged more tackles than any other player this season. Uh, and obviously, as we said, operating at a whopping 90% tackle efficiency, which is unheard of for a forward, uh, especially a back rower as well, and uh, someone so young as him. And um, I think, uh, as I said, really impressed with his work rate this year. Him and his brother, Regan, are, are unreal um, forwards for the Roosters, and uh, they'll definitely be in and around the side next year. If I had to pinpoint things that didn't work too well for the Roosters this season, consistency, huge issue for the Roosters. It has been for a few years now, uh, but finding that consistency is going to separate them from being eighth and being first or being in the top four at least. I think that their consistency is going to be massive next year, especially again with how the comp is just evening out even further this season um, with some of the guys uh, that are moving around at the moment. Roosters have one of the better sides and they need to use that to their advantage. I think they get fourth next year by the time finals rolls around. By this time next year, they'll be in fourth position for me. Uh, the spine, it sort of refused to gel until later in the season as well. If you have to critique the Roosters on a few things, consistency was one, but the spine didn't really gel until later in the season, and it didn't really help that Sam Walker was out for a while, obviously with injury. Drew Hutchison had to play halfback, and mind you, fucking killed it at halfback as well. Um, it was really, really solid there. Um, you know, oh, there's reports that he's going to the Bulldogs next year. He hasn't officially signed yet, so we'll have to wait and see whether he stays with the Chooks or goes to the Dogs. But he'll be a great signing for the Bulldogs if they do get him. Uh, we obviously already talked about the Bulldogs, but nothing has been confirmed as to whether he's signed there officially yet. But uh, if they do get him, he is going to be a weapon for them as a backup half. And uh, I think to even start as well, if... Toby Sexton doesn't work. I'd start Drew Hutchison, to be honest, because I think he's very unlucky not to be a starting half in this competition. I think he'd do a great, especially in one of the teams that isn't traveling too well, to really pick them up to be the general in the seven. And I think it also frees up Matt Burton to do what he loves to do as well. Um, if he goes there to the Bulldogs and kills it as well, I don't think he's going to get a shot in this Roosters side unless Sam Walker has a shocker next year. But I really do think that Sam Walker is going to be one of the better halves in the comp next year. Um, and I think that the Roosters are going to be one of the better teams. So I have them finishing fourth. I'm giving them a C as well for this season. Um, I'm imagining that they'll go much better next year with the side that they have. I cannot see a world in where the Roosters uh, do not make the top eight or, you know, go really poorly with the side that they have. It's it's too stacked to have any excuses um, now. Like last, you think that this year was a stacked team. Next year is going to be even more stacked. So I think I don't think there's any excuses as to um, if they don't succeed, uh, unless there's a shit ton of injury. I, I can see them getting in the top eight. I've got them in the top four as a bit of a smoky. Uh, and the last team we're going through in this podcast is the Sharks. Um, and the Sharks having, a, again, a very up and down year. Um I mean, we'll talk about the negatives and the positives in a second. Um, signings is going to be very quick because the Sharks haven't signed anyone um, going into next year yet, or at least nothing that I've heard of. There's been a few re-signings, but no new signings, no one coming into the side um, for the Sharkies as of next year, which is a little bit concerning. I find that a bit concerning because they do need a few more forwards, I feel like, a few more mongrels. Um, I just feel like they need another a bit more depth in the outside backs as well. They obviously lost Matt Iacovalu, um to the Super League this season, so I didn't really rec uh, include him in the losses going into next year because he's already left. Um, but 
obviously Wade Graham, uh, he has retired uh, along with Andrew Fafita this year. So both of those guys retire from first grade. Andrew Fafita retired earlier in the year, uh, but Wade Graham retired at the end of the year, played his last game for the Sharkies in a finals game. Unfortunately, they couldn't win it to uh, get into a grand final qualifier or at least into week two of the finals, uh, which was very disappointing, I guess. Um, But... It just felt like sometimes it was Nico Hines versus the world. And, um, you know, there were games where Blake Braley and Nico Hines just set the world alight, but there wasn't really too many other guys that were contributing to that. Yes, you have the, you know, very, I guess, I would even call it predictable. You know, they have the terrific outside backs, the tough forward pack. They just didn't win on the big stages and they just didn't put the final pieces to the puzzle together. And I think that's a concern for a lot of lower teams. Uh, but for this top eight side as well, um, going into next year, I don't think they're going to be um, in the top four or you know as high as they were. I think that they're going to be eighth next year. I think they're still going to be in and around the top eight, uh, but I've got them at eighth. Um, uh, like just to make it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're eighth, tenth um, to miss out. Um but they need a lot of improvement. They really do. I think that uh, they've got to figure out if it is Hines and Trindle or Hines and Moylan. From what I saw at the back end of the year, I'd be going with Trindle to start the year. I'd have Matt Moylan as a 14 like they were playing um, towards the back end of the year. I just feel like Matt Burton... Sorry, not Matt Burton. What the fuck am I talking about? We are talking about Matt Burton before. Uh, Nico Hines and Braden Trindle haven't had that much time to gel. Uh, and it, we saw that a lot towards the back end of the year. I actually think it's a reason for their lack of success in the final series uh, was because they didn't really have time to gel Trindle and Hines. I think that's the halves pairing going into next year. I'd even consider putting the six on Nico Hines' back and just saying, you're not the seven in this team anymore. Trindle's going to guide this side around the park. You just need to play a footy. And I think that's going to help a lot with his confidence and Take a lot of the pressure off his shoulders as well. I think that's something that Nico Hines needs going into next year. Just the pressure off his shoulders uh, is going to be absolutely humongous uh, for him going into next year. So I'd be considering putting the six on his back rather than the seven. He can still play on the same sides of the park, but just a different number. uh, And that, I think, will alleviate a lot of stress for him just to play his footy. I feel like we saw with the Bulldogs, and we keep going back to the Bulldogs, um, but we saw with the Bulldogs this year, that when Burton got the seven on his back, he got had, it felt like he had a, was playing with a lot more weight on his shoulders, whereas when he was playing in the six, it didn't feel like that as much. I mean, it's, he still had a lot of pressure on him regardless to be the guy in this side, and Nico Hines is sort of in the same boat. Uh, but having that pressure taken off him, I feel like Trindle um, is a really solid game manager and a really good in-play kicker as well. So I think he'll take a lot of pressure off Nico Hines' shoulders. That's the halves pairing I'm going with next year. Um, whether Matt Moylan's the 14 or in reserve grade, uh, as harsh as it sounds, I think that Trindle and Hines is the better halves pairing rather than Moylan and Hines. And I'm not throwing hate uh, Matt Moylan's way and I've got no ill... Uh, feelings towards Matt Moylan at all, but uh, I think that's going to be better off for the Sharkies if that's that's the side going into next year. As we said before, sort of alluded to before, it was very same old, same old from the Sharks. Um, you know, terrific outside backs, tough forward pack, but just didn't win on the biggest stages and didn't have the final pieces to the puzzle. And I think that's why they finished where they did. Uh, they were very lucky to finish where they did. I didn't really think they were playing like a top eight side when they made the top eight going into the final series, and that showed in the first game. Um, 
I feel like they need another mongrel forward, as we said. No signings yet is a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, concerning uh, as a Sharks fan uh, and hard to improve from here, uh, especially with how um, even the comp is, you know, getting... I feel like Nico Hines really needs to take his footy to the next level and, and they need to play some much better football collectively as a whole outfit rather than, you know, just a bunch of individual plays every game. They need to work as an outfit, and I think that's how they win games, and I think that's how they become the best shark side we can see. And, you know, they've got the talent to do it. Ronaldo Molotalo, Will Kennedy, Nico Hines. Braden Trindle has been terrific when he came in at the seven. Um, you know, uh, fucking Teg Wilton has been outstanding this year. Teg Wilton is one of my favorite Sharkies this year. Um, he was fantastic. Very unlucky with how his season ended with injury. Uh, next year, he's going to come back all the better for it. For it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Jack Williams as well. I thought that he was very impressive in some games when he was coming off the bench. I thought that he added another layer of intensity. More guys like him just with some intensity. That's what I mean by a mongrel forward. Doesn't have to be a big Islander. It just needs to be someone with a bit more more intensity coming off the bench. I'd love to see that for the Sharkies. Uh, yeah, and look, it, it just felt like Blake Braley and Hines were running the show. They were definitely the shining lights for most of the season, uh, but other guys need to take the mantle as well. Uh, it can't just be Nico Hines versus the world. It needs to be, you know, all of this this whole side working together if they are to have a shit ton of, a shit ton of success. Now, I did say that the Sharks were the last team we were going to be doing, but I lied. We're doing the, we're doing the Knights as well. Forgot about the Newey Knights. Um, and look, let's have a look at the Knights this season. A um, big season for them. B minus for sure. Um, they had a really, really strong year and they beat top eight sides. And I feel like that's the difference as well. We were talking about the Sharks before. They were unable to beat top eight sides for most of the year. Whereas the Newcastle Knights, towards the back end of the year, especially when they started to really get some tickery about them, they were beating top eight sides. They beat the Warriors. Uh, they beat the Melbourne Storm as well. Uh, they beat the Rabbitohs. They beat top eight sides and by margins as well. They were beating top eight sides by margins. Um, if I have to give them a grading this year, it is B minus. Uh, particularly with the start of the year. Uh, obviously, they had a lot of dramas. Uh, you know, obviously, Jackson Hastings was injured. Callum Ponga was out for most of the year. They started him off at six and it didn't work. He was in the front line. He was getting a shit ton of concussions. Um, you know, but at the back end of the year, Callum Ponga definitely, you know, played well enough to deserve that Dallium Award. Let's have a look at some of the signings and the losses going into next year because there are um, a few of those. There are a few of those signings. Uh, they signed a few guys in order to keep uh, Dominic Young, but he's still left to go to the Roosters. So they've signed uh, two outside backs in Will Price and Kai Paul Pierce. Uh, Pierce Paul, sorry. Fuck, I butchered that one. Um, from Wigan and Huddersfield. Both outside backs, it's going to add a lot of strike power to their outside backs as well, uh, particularly when losing, losing a guy like Dominic Young. Uh, I feel like it adds a lot of strike power, and these guys are top-notch. These aren't some random outside backs from the Super League. These are the in-form outside backs from the Super League as well, so they've done very well with their signings. Jack Cogger also comes in from Penrith. Great depth for the halves. Can also play a bench hooking role, as we've seen for Penrith this season. So Jack Cogger comes in. Great, great depth. And Jack Cogger, I believe, has been at Newcastle before. And yes, he has. Just double-checked that one. He has been there before. Uh, so returning to Newcastle. Uh, played there in his younger days. I believe he debuted for Newcastle as well. So um, returning to Newcastle. And it will be some great depth there as well in the halves. And Jed Cartwright from South Sydney. Uh, one that we didn't really expect to leave South Sydney this season. But 
uh, secured a great opportunity um, with this side, with the Newcastle Knights, to play a bit of back row. Uh, he comes in to replace, leaving uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who obviously goes to the Super League, to the Warrington Wolves. Uh, also leaving Newcastle is the big Dominic Young, which is a massive, massive loss. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Simi Sasagi, we talked about him when we were doing the Canberra Raiders preview. Uh, he'll be also leaving to go to the Newcastle Knights. And Lachlan Miller um, leaving to go to the Leeds Rhinos. Now, I thought he was supposed to leave um, towards the midpoint of the year. They were supposed to let him go, but they ended up keeping him for the rest of the year and then uh, handing him off to Leeds next year. Uh, next year, Yeah, so, um, yeah, four losses, four gains as well. So they pretty much replaced everyone that they've lost, which is great signs um, for this side. Let's have a look at some of the positives and negatives from this year. So it's a big year for Newcastle. Obviously a massive year for Newcastle. Uh, KP, his turnaround this year has been sensational, absolutely sensational. Um, you know, coming into this year, shit ton of concussions, shit ton of injuries, shit ton going on in his personal life, a lot of dramas outside of football and inside of football as well. Um, he went to Bali, he had that quote, uh, he didn't want to let anyone down and that was his main focus upon return. Uh, obviously went to Bali during the bye, comes back. Not only does he come back and kill it, but Bradman Best comes back with a full leg sleeve and fucking destroys. And that has to be the best omen all time. Leg sleeve, comes back and plays career best footy. Uh, and Nico Hines, sorry, not Nico Hines, Callum Ponga does the same. He plays some great football. Um, you know, really standing out in this Newcastle Knights side. Proved that 5'8 wasn't his position. It was fullback, and he's going to be the fullback for this side moving forward. Uh, I feel like Lockie Miller was a waste, I guess, then, because they were obviously, uh, you know, buying him to play full-time fullback. Uh, and he wasn't. He didn't have the best stint at Newcastle either. I mean, his goal kicking was shocking uh, for most of the year, and uh, he was sort of in and out of the side. We had... um. Uh, Blake Hodgson come in, Bailey Hodgson, sorry, come in, I think one or two games and it just didn't look good. Um, so obviously KP returns the fullback and kills it and the Newcastle Knights, they just go on this trajectory, which is insane. I uh, have to give a massive shout out to Phoenix Crossland as well. Um, the Newcastle Knights, they, I guess, were ha they had a lot of issues in terms of injuries and Jaden Braley had been one of those. It obviously just coming back from an ACL and does his ACL again. And he does his ACL out of running out of dummy half. He does his ACL. So a very, um, I guess, he didn't really fully recover. I think he's going to take a lot more time off to recover. And it gives a little bit of an opportunity for maybe Phoenix Crossland to start the year at nine. Could see Jaden Braley returning a 14 jersey. And I wouldn't mind that at all. I really wouldn't. I feel like Phoenix Crossland has done enough, to be honest, to secure that number nine role. Uh, if not that 14 role to come off the bench and play nine, because he was terrific this year. I think he was robbed of a New Zealand spot. Um, to be honest, obviously Brandon Smith's out for New Zealand. They had Danny Levi in there uh, as the number nine for New Zealand. I would have loved to have seen Phoenix Crossland play nine for New Zealand. I think he deserved a debut. I really did. Uh, whether Madge Maguire sees him as a reserve grade half or, you know, just didn't realize that he was eligible or whatever the reasoning was, um, I'm not sure, but I would have loved to have seen, um, you know, um, Phoenix Crossland in that New Zealand squad, and I feel like he deserved to be there as well because I feel like out of all of the other hookers you could have picked, bar Brandon Smith, who's obviously injured, I think that Felix, Phoenix Crossland was the best pick. I feel like 
You know, Danny Levi was in and out of reserve grade uh, and spent most of the year in reserve grade as well. And Farmani Brown was at three different clubs this year as well. So, um, I mean, it's very, very interesting. Um, the, the hookers that they've gone with, like the two hookers that they've picked, I think that Farmani Brown is in there as a hooker. I don't think he's in there as a half or as a, you know, roaming 13. I think he's in there to play hooker if he gets picked on the bench. I have him as an 18th man uh, in the side that I put out uh, a few days ago. If you want to go back and have a look at that, you're more than welcome to. But I do think that Phoenix Crossland was the best pick. I really do. He had a really big year this year uh, and did a terrific job. And, and he's declared himself a full-time nine now, which is insane. Uh, and it just adds another level of spark to this Knights outfit. Uh, I feel like Frizzell was a bit of an unsung hero this year as well. He had a massive year um, for the Newcastle Knights, scoring tries, being outstanding in defense as well. Had some really good attacking games, really good off a kick as well, off a um, you know Tyson Gamble kick. And another unsung hero here is Tyson fucking Gamble, the Knights cohesion off the back of Hastings are coming into this side as well. He had a big impact uh, when coming into this side in the midpoint of the year or when that trade happened for um, David Clemmer as well. Uh, had a massive impact on this side. Tyson Gamble coming in has to be the most underrated and un- most unsung hero in this side, more so than Tyson Frizzell because he came in and just did his job and that's all that they needed at the Knights for them to be successful as well. He had some big games. The passion that he wears on his sleeve when he plays as well uh, is outstanding. So uh, big shout-out to Tyson Gamble. Big shout-out to Jackson Hastings being a big part of the Knights' cohesion, of, of the Knights' success as well. There were a lot of questions around the Knights uh, and how their side was going to look and how they were moving this side around constantly. And, you know, we were sort of concerned as to whether that would hinder their success, but they answered all those questions just by putting Tyson Gamble at six and moving KP back to his actual position at fullback. Uh, it really answered a lot of questions there for Newcastle. Uh, if you have to critique Newcastle uh, on some parts, I think letting go of Dominic Young is a massive, massive call and a huge loss. And I think it might pay a little bit of dividends if these two uh, wingers um, in Kai Port- Pierce Paul and uh, Will Price don't work out. Uh, obviously, coming over from the Super League, if they don't work out, then it's going to be a massive loss for Newcastle. I think they will because, as I said, they didn't pick just random cherries off the tree. They picked the ripest ones uh, from the Super League here in Kai Pierce Paul and uh, in Will Price. Really, really keen to see how they go in this side. Uh, look, Miller leaving this side as well. I, I guess it leaves a bit of le- less depth in the number one. Um, Kai, Paul, uh, Kai Pierce Paul, I keep saying Kai Paul Pierce, but it's Kai Pierce Paul, uh, can also play fullback as well. Um, so if KP does go down injured again, we can see Kai Pierce Paul, uh, or I should say KPP, uh, playing uh, a little bit of fullback as well this season. As I said, if KP does go down, but I doubt it. Um, but yeah, look, all in all, Knights, uh, B grade this year, B minus. I think that they did a very, very, had a very, very solid year. Um uh, in for a little bit of improvement, I think, next year. If they can keep a consistent run, um, obviously they were unlucky with injury, but if they just keep playing how they did at the back end of the season all year, they can go to big heights. They can go to massive heights. I see them getting in fifth. That's where I see the Newcastle Knights uh, sitting uh, next season. Let's see if I'm right. Uh, next podcast, we go through the Warriors, the Melbourne Storm, the Broncos, and the Panthers. So a big one when we go through the top four teams. Uh, a very exciting podcast coming to your ears, so make sure you stay tuned for it.